37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everyone? We are back with episode 146, More Creepy Cryptids in Illinois. So I guess, is it Illinois? Do I say Illinois funny? Illinois? It's Illinois. It, oh, yeah. Look at that. It's one of them things. Who gives <laughs> I fucking a shit? hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah. I mean, why start pronouncing shit right now? <laughs> uh, this technically, I guess, will be Cryptid Encounters 14, right? I think yeah. uh, your Muddy Monster was 13. Yeah. I mean, there's so many cryptid encounters to do. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite topics because of the folklore and everything that's involved in that. So, I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. fucking cryptid encounters out there. It's going to be a while before we're really done with it. So. <laughs> well, we're going to take a chunk out of the list tonight because we are just shoehorning in quite a few creatures into this episode. Yeah. Like, fuck Illinois. Why the hell do you have so many? Like, Kansas barely has one. We have, like, the Hamburglar Man, which is not even a real thing. And Illinois has, like, ten real cryptids. Like, fuck you, Illinois. Right. And then they're getting greedy with the modern-day Mothman sightings, too. Yeah. You can fucking share. Sharing is caring, Illinois. Well, last time we joined you guys on episode 144, we talked about the Murfreesboro Mud Monster. Mud, and we mud. mentioned in that episode that famed paranormal researcher John Keel, author of the Mothman Prophecies, oh, among that guy, yeah, that old <laughs> bag of salt crackers. And the and the movie wasn't that bad, so we can give uh, what's his nuts a pass on that because it, it had its moments. So. Richard Gere, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, John Keel had coined the term for these strange bipedal creatures. And I'm going to jump into his book, Strange Creatures from Time and Space, Authentic, Frightening Eyewitness Accounts, which is coined as the first complete report of weird beings sighted in every part of the world and a startling new explanation. That is one gigantic title for a book. Yeah, I was going to say, is that like a summary or? <laughs> in South Central Park while drinking your juice in the night. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, and what's funny is he has actually either a book before this or after this full of other eyewitness accounts. That's how I feel when so, I say my full name because I have two middle names. I'm like Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> know that until like a year or two ago. Yeah. Uh, some friend I am. I know. Well, from to be the fair, book, I can never remember your middle name, and I've never even bothered yeah. to ask Preston. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing neither one yeah. of us are Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's my full name? Oh, and I have like a shit. middle name that most people can't even remotely guess at. So, Jacques. That's true. It is bizarre. Yeah, I should say unique. How about that? Eh. That's his middle name, unique. <laughs> no, it's Booger Dick. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard to guess. Yeah. Well, from Strange Creatures from Time and Space, Keel goes on to describe these creepy mud monsters. A hunter splashing alone through a swamp. Suddenly his dog begins to howl, flipping his tail between his legs and running off. The brush ahead starts to stir, and a great, hoary shadow rises up, uttering an unearthly screech. It towers above the man by at least two or three feet. He's too surprised and too paralyzed with fear to raise his rifle. The thing shuffles off into the blackness of the swamp. This drama has been acted out so many times over the years that the basic job of simply cataloging such incidents is almost impossible. The swamp creature is not necessarily a special breed of monster, though. In most cases, the descriptions are very similar to our mountaineering abominable snowman. We shall call him, then, the abominable swamp slob, or (laughs) A-S-S for short. Awesome. Awesome name and awesome short name. Right. While the A-B-S-M, meaning the abominable... (laughs) That's a tough one. Abominable snowman... Uh, thrives in forests and high places, the ASS prefers instead low-level marshes and bayous. Mine does too. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
frequently our swamp slobs blunder onto highways. Turn the page. Dripping with water and an ungodly stench, and then try to flag down passing motorists. Perhaps one of these slobs serves as the original inspiration for the popular horror movie, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Ooh. Aha, John. <laughs> so yeah, the ASS, the Abominable Swamp Slob. That will be the focus of our Cryptid Encounters tonight, where again, we have a whole lot of creatures that fall into that category. Well, as promised, we put together a few more interesting accounts of some of the other fascinatingly freakish fiends that seem to be stalking the great Windy State. So first off, this is not in the notes, boys, but I'm going to jump back into Kiel's book with just a couple strange encounters they've had of these so-called asses. The Reverend Lepton Harple was taking a stroll one evening in 1941 near his home outside of Mount Vernon, Illinois, when he paused to light his pipe. Preston? Suddenly, a beast <laughs> leaped from a nearby tree, knocking off the reverend's hat and knocking the pipe clean out of his mouth. Harple said it jumped up with such a force and then jumped back down, up and down, up and down, making a very queer sound. It was, he felt, of the ape family, about three feet tall, with dark brown fur. This is a true story, a true story as has ever been told, Harple's brother reported. In 1941 and 1942, scores of people near Mount Vernon, Illinois, reported seeing a large hairy humanoid, usually described as a large baboon. When farmers tried to pursue it, they said it was able to leap ditches 20 feet wide, with little to no trouble. It killed at least one dog near Bonnie. Large posses of armed men would search for the creature in vain. Although it left a trail of footprints and dead animals in its wake, it seems to have vanished into thin air. During an interview with Lauren E. Coleman in November of 1962, Stephen Collins said that he, Robert Earl, and two unidentified men had seen a large gray animal standing upright in the middle of a creek oh, just shit. east of Decatur. They felt it was definitely not a bear. It looked like half a man and half a horse, said James McKinney of Centerville, Illinois, when he tried to describe the creature he had saw back on May in 1963. Centerville police received more than 50 calls within a few days of the initial report, reporting a strange animal. Police searches failed to find anything. And what's interesting, too, and we're not going to cover it, um, actually, Linda Godfrey in I Know What I Saw, she has some reports of centaur sightings from Illinois as well. Next, four young people were parked in a car on the Montaruma Hills outside of the Cater on September 22nd of 1965, when suddenly a black, man-like monster approached their car. The young people fled, but later the boys returned to the spot alone and again saw the monster. Police officers searched the area fruitlessly. They said, we don't know what they saw, but they appeared to be well-frightened. And that's a trope we're going to see a lot. And lastly, Tim Bullock and Barbara Smith were in their car parked near Chittyville, Illinois, just north of Heron. Chittyville? On August of... <laughs> Chitty, more like Chittyville at the parking. <laughs> on August 11th, 1968. At 8.30 p.m., a giant figure suddenly appeared from the bushes, badly frightening the couple. They said it had to have been 10 feet tall with a hedge as large as a steering wheel and a round, hairy face. It threw dirt at them through the window of the car. Bullock returned to the spot the next day and found a large depression in the grass shaped like a foot. People claimed that dogs in the area had been carrying on for the previous two weeks, all night long. The editor of the Heron, Illinois' spokesman did not publish the story, 
as though he said it was the work of some local practical jokers. So, like you said earlier, Preston, what the heck? It sounds like Illinois is just a hot spot yeah. for these strange encounters. Greedy bastards. <laughs> well, let's continue on with a couple more ambiguous ASS encounters, then we'll get on to the specifics. In no certain order. Creve Coer authorities said a witness reported seeing something big swimming in the Illinois River. On the night of the 27th, Two reliable citizens told the police they had seen a ten-foot-tall figure that looked like a cross between an ape and a caveman. Ooga booga. This was reported in a United <laughs> Press International account. It was described as having a face, long, gray, and U-shaped. <laughs> Bill Nye? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Pointy ears like and bastard. a red mouth. <laughs> Pointy ears and a red mouth with sharp teeth, and thumbs with long second joints. One eyewitness said it smelled like a musky wet dog. The East Peoria Police Department reported receiving more than 200 calls about that specific monster. Leroy Summers of Cairo saw a 10-foot-tall, white, hairy creature standing on two legs near the Ohio levee during the evening hours July 25, 1972. When the Cairo police came to investigate, they found nothing, and police commissioner James Dale warned that henceforth anyone who made a monster report would have his breath tested for alcohol content and other substances. Damn. <laughs> That's rough. That's awesome. Yeah, what a At dick. least they're being proactive, huh? Yeah. yeah. The rash sightings in 1973, however, continued on in the fall. On the night of October 16th, Four St. Joseph youths, Bill Duncan, Bob Summers, Daryl Morey, and Craig Flanagan, encountered a hairy gorilla-like creature on the road south of town. They had stopped their car to investigate what they thought was a campfire near the bridge on the Salt Fork. One of them lit a match, and they all saw the creature standing five feet tall, probably 15 feet away. They did not linger. Duncan told the Champaign-Urbana Courier, I wondered if I was nuts or something. I... I thought it was a bear at first, but I really couldn't say. This account raises two very obvious questions. What was the nature of the mysterious light the boys took to be campfire? And how could a match struck in an outdoor setting generate enough light to reveal a presumably dark object 15 feet away? Unfortunately, we have no answers because our efforts to contact the witnesses have been unsuccessful. And it's worth noting here, however, that in recent years, there have been a series of sightings of gorillas in the area. Back in 1970, for example, witnesses reported such creatures at Rintall, Farmer City, Hayworth, Weldon, and Decatur, of all the places within 50 miles of St. Joseph, Illinois. In nearly every case, the creature has been seen in the woods, near a river or a creek, and in one instance, observers spotted it standing near a bridge on Salt Creek. So again, all these creatures seem to really fit into that description of Keel's abominable swamp slobs. Nasty asses. So now let's talk about a few other more prevalent encounters of some of Illinois' more famous urban legends. Now first off, we're going to break away from the ape and look more at the werewolf of Chestnut Ridge. Now, Rachel Gindro, sorry, Rachel Gindro, a doctor in psychology, was driving on a deserted rural road one October night when she decided to take a shortcut through a patch of thick woods. There was a full moon that night, and the road was illuminated with an eerie lunar glow. Gindro chatted with her fiancé, who was in the passenger seat, as she drove on. When she was squinting into the darkness, ahead, she swore she saw something tall and lanky run across the roadway. What the hell was that? Did, 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 did you see it? At that moment, Jindro and her fiancé saw something that defied all logic, something that defied everything they had known. Before them, in the middle of the road, was a massive, wolf-like creature standing upright on its two muscular hind legs, staring at them with eyes white, moonlit, shimmering almost like they were glowing on their own. 
As Jindro drew closer, the creature leapt from the road and bounded off into the woods. I don't know what that is, but it has dog legs? Jindro laid the pedal down and sped past the creature, getting another look at the beast. And then after she passed it, she checked her rearview mirror in disbelief only to see the beast had circled back behind her and was watching the car again with those glittering white eyes as she and her fiancé sped away. Jindro didn't know at the time, but what they had spotted that evening was the Wolfman of Chestnut Mountain, an elusive creature that the people of rural Illinois had been reporting for years prior, and it burned a lasting impression into her mind that still hasn't yet begun to fade away. It caught us off guard. It kind of ruined the evening. It was supposed to be romantic, you see. It was so hard for me to wrap my mind around it. I like how this woman's a doctor in psychology. Yeah, it starts <laughs> like that. That's okay. That's awesome. She says the experience disturbed her for a long time. At one point, she couldn't even take her dog out for a night walk because she lived near a wooded area and she'd have daydreams of what could happen if the beast had followed her to her property. See, sometimes you go, there's a logical explanation, but after dissecting you say, shit, maybe I'm just crazy. It allowed me to be open-minded. There are a lot of mysteries in this world, and if you open up to it, you'll see it. Gee, I don't know, Morty. (laughs) You sound like fucking Shorzy off a letter kid. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was boning your mom. Why don't you give your balls a tug? (laughs) In hindsight, now, Jindro sees the evening as a gift, but she says that if she had the choice, she'd rather not go through that process ever again. Now, Steve, what does your big old book of bullshit have to say about these werewolves? My big old book of bullshit? Let's see here. (laughs) <laughs> remind us what's that book called again <laughs> so we can have an it's official ridiculous. title the field guide to north american monsters everything you need to know about the encountering over 100 terrifying creatures in the wild Another shit you were fucking... just giving sean a hard time about like his book title and it being like a synopsis <laughs> and look at yours <laughs> another terrible fucking book name title Wait, is that what says <laughs> okay i guess the name is just the field guide to north american monsters because on the front that's just like a Side thing. I checked the spine of the book, <laughs> the spine, ah. and it says the field guide to North American monsters. So that's what we'll call it. The or official the, spine title. Or the big book of bullshit, because let's be real here. Okay. <laughs> so we were looking at werewolves in this thing. There's like four pages on werewolves. So we found this one around the same kind of time as this story we're talking about in the six, uh, late 60s, early 70s. So it says, in March 1967, a werewolf was killed by Marvin Mead. He killed him who shot the large animal near Gorham, Illinois. Local authorities paid Mead a bounty of $15, cheap asses, and confiscated yeah. the corpse, which has since disappeared. So that's pretty cool that it actually, like, because we were like, look, I was like skimming through this just looking for the word Illinois, and I seen it, and I'm like, oh, shit. So right. you shot a fucking werewolf, awesome. though. You don't think they could pay the motherfucker, like, $500? Yeah. But well, hold on a second. It's cool here. to see Let's that was in 67, exactly. the other one's in 70, so they've been in the area for a while. It's a hotbed. <laughs> right. Now, we're talking about 1968. Is that what you said, Steve? 67 in this book. 67. Okay, hold on a second. I can kind of give you an idea of what we're talking cash-wise. It's about a $117 bounty oh. in today's money. That's due not, to inflation. That's not too bad. I think it's still up it a little bit, though. Wait, how did you do that? It's a Google fucking it? werewolf. Yeah, <laughs> I googled how much is fifteen dollars in nineteen sixty seven. Let me check out my big old calculator of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what's interesting about this werewolf sighting. Um, I don't have an exact date. I, I came across kind of conflicting ideas, but reportedly that werewolf sighting of Chestnut Ridge that we talked about was right around the nineties or early two thousands. In a lawsuit that took place in two thousand two. Fisher versus Chestnut Mountain Resort. The plaintiffs accused the defendants, the Chestnut Mountain Resort, which was a uh, ski resort, of unlawfully discharging pollutants into the tributary of the Mississippi River every year since 1997. Does that cause mutants? Well, it could. Pollutants to the mutants? Um, this, 
Right. The tributary has run off into the Watercrest Creek in Illinois. Due to the illegal dumping of hazardous chemicals, the water in the Watercrest Creek has been observed to be turbid, covered in green slime, odd foam, and suds that can't be explained in normal waterways. <laughs> Sounds like a horror, like that shitty horror movie we watched. What was it, The Children? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that or any, any trauma movie ever. <laughs> right, right. Oh. The shit. The researchers have found that water, sorry, the researchers have found the water to unnaturally contain copper, zinc, lead, chromium, and phosphorus. These chemicals are the result of the artificial snow used on the far side ski trail that the resort has to create due to inconsistent fluctuations of the natural snowfall being too inconsistent to rely on for their commercial ski business. So they make this fake snow. And then, of course, it melts, causing these chemicals to have runoff. So it's with this pollution that some people speculate that the sighting of killer mutant werewolves and other ape-like cryptids could be the result of animal mutations linked to the natural water supply of the Watercrest Creek being polluted, kind of like the Ninja Turtles. The Ninja fucking Turtles, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The ooze. That's pretty interesting, though. Is that? Do you think they use the same type of snow for, like, movies and stuff? No, a lot of times movies... um, I just listened to an episode of the Office Ladies um, Office podcast with Jenna Fisher and, uh, oh God, Angela Kingsley, and they talked about the three different types of fake snow you can use and i want to say one of those was like soap flakes which i guess depending what's in your soap could possibly pollute some water and cause some suds so sure Hmm. it's weird all them chemicals to make fake snow to for people to ski right kind of selfish (laughs) when you guys were younger and more um i don't know asshole-ish did you ever speaking of snow cover anybody's yard in instant mashed potatoes before a rainstorm nope what that's kind of well we grew up that long hair can't cover up that redneck boy what are you the (laughs) fuck are you talking about no in el dorado i never did it but you know i mean teeping somebody's yard or the trees is one thing yeah i've heard of that that's that that's a classic i've never heard of anybody instant fucking potatoes like you're playing the long game first you got to watch the weather report (laughs) And you're in Kansas, right, so you right. got to hope that it's going to work. And then uh-huh. you go to somebody's house. I mean, if I seen you outside sprinkling instant mashed potatoes, I'd be like. Fucking 40 boxes of Idaho with instant mashed potatoes. Okay, 40 boxes. <laughs> that makes sense. I just picture you out there with like one Dollar Tree fucking box. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Can you go get some toilet paper and make this interesting? <laughs> get off my fucking lawn, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that. I can't be alone. Yeah, I. I've never done it before, but that was one of the uh, like top 10 worst pranks. We actually didn't mash potato anybody's lawn, but one time on Halloween of like, oh, geez, 2000? No, hell, it would have been like 1999. Uh, my buddies and I spent like three hours shredding up rolls of toilet paper into trash bags and then ran out to somebody's yard and dumped out all the torn up toilet paper across their lawn the night before rainstorm and... We were kind of bummed out because we only got one full bag dumped because their floodlight came on. So the other two bags we just dumped in two big piles. And then the next morning when my dad picked me up, we were driving back past these people's lawn. And there must have been like a windstorm because their front yard was just blanketed perfectly like a nice winter snow. And my dad just busted up laughing. He's like, oh, man, somebody got those poor suckers good. And I was just sitting there trying my hardest just to stifle my laughter. And also my just awe in the fact that, you know, it worked and all the toilet paper spread across the front yard. I'm I'm watching a video on YouTube about uh, they have a Betty Crocker <laughs> instant potatoes and they're putting it in their bathtub. So, of course, there's like the two minutes of them prepping talking about it just get to the fucking goods bro i think yeah, for uh, science that uh we should buy a couple boxes of instant mashed potatoes dry up uh drive up and just like fuck over core's yard <laughs> oh my god oh he does rent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well presto speaking of waterways why don't you jump into the next cryptid we have here so for my cryptid i decided to jump on the stump pond serpent or Champ the Catfish, as I like to call it. And I didn't even have to use a big book of bullshit to come up with that one. Nice. All by I myself. love catfish. <laughs> and you'll figure this out toward the end of the story. So, 
During the summer of 1879, the great state of Illinois, yet again, you guessed it, gets another monster sighting. Maybe the drinking water is contaminated, or maybe they're all off of the rockers on moonshine. Who the fuck knows? Anyways, one night a man named Parquet was fishing on a lake when something rushed through the water and created enough wake to rock the boat and knock the fishermen out into the open waters. Unnerved, Parquet rushed to the shore, vowing to never venture onto the lake at night ever, ever again. There was money in my own business, fishing in the middle of the night. I was really playing with myself. But I was drinking my moonshine liquor when all of a sudden something bigger than Moby Dick himself, the whale, not my penis, came up out of them, their waters, and shook my boat something fierce. Why, I think I shit myself. And then there told the good Lord I would never, ever, ever, ever venture out into those dark, murky waters, never again. A year later in July 1880, two miners reportedly saw a 12-foot serpent, its body the thickness of a telegraph pole. So I'm going to make an assumption that telegraph poles were roughly the same size as power poles or uh, phone poles today. So like Mm -hmm. a big fucking tree trunk, right? Anyways, the creature had dark green skin and was heading toward them from an eighth of a mile away. Reports of the monster continued until 1964 when the body of water was partially drained and all manner of aquatic life was cleared out by way of electric stunners. You guessed it. Or maybe you didn't, but I mean, I saw this one coming a mile away. There was roughly like 245 pound on up catfish that were pulled from the pond, right? Big, giant, fucking awesome, huge monster catfish. Now, wait. You mean 200 catfish that each weighed 45 yeah. pounds? On up. 245. Yeah, we're talking okay. like the size of like mastiff dogs. And He's like, like, I was like, like holy cow. shit. He goes, all right, a 245-pound catfish, fuck the monster, let's focus on the catfish. Yeah, that's good, that's good eating right there. Right? Yeah, no shit. So despite of the lack of monsters, witnesses stuck to their stories. One of them was 66-year-old Alan Dunmire, whose boat had nearly been tipped over by something that struck its bottoms year before. I've seen them so near the surface that their back fins were sticking out of the water. It wasn't no damn catfish. That guy was just drunk. Let's let's be real here. (laughs) A similar creature was spotted up the road in Paint River in 1920, 1922. One witness said the following. He was swimming up the North River between two bridges. The distance could have been the length of a city block. And this monster must have been nearly half of that bridge. But scared as we were, we followed it up the wake of the river. So... Sea serpent or just giant catfish? I'm going to go with giant fucking catfish on this one. Now, here's a fun question for you. Are catfish bottom feeders? They are. Yeah. 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 So they kind of eat like just the shit of yeah. other Yeah. That's why like fish, people right? that people, um, whether it's, you know, a part of their religion or their belief system or mm-hmm. if certain like foods that you, you do you do or don't eat. Like people like I don't eat shellfish, or some people will be like I like seafood, but not bottom feeders Mm -hmm. like shrimp or. They avoid like tilapia and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you had those true patriotic rednecks that uh, you know stick their hand. What do they call that? Uh, Noodling. Noodling, and they they pull that catfish right out the dirt. Stick their. Can you imagine like a fifty pound fucking catfish, and you're shoving your fucking hand down the dark water trying to pull that bastard out? Yeah. I know people. I know people that have noodled before like that, and I always say to them, "You can you can have that long hair. Don't cover up that redneck boy." (laughs) That's just the most redneck (laughs) shit ever to do that. But I don't know. I think that that's a skill, man. Fish are like crazy. Either you're going to pull up a catfish, you're going to get your hand bit off by a snapping turtle, or, you know, a river (laughs) monster is going to eat you. So, I mean, that big of a fucking catfish. And from that point on, listeners spent the next four hours watching noodling accident videos on YouTube, right? (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Well, so, okay, peep this for a second. What if you had a guy swimming in a river? And then all of a sudden, a giant, you know, one of these 245-pound catfishes swims up and just swallows this guy whole from the feet up to, like, the waist. 
And the guy gets stuck, right? Yeah. And he starts thinking, like, holy shit, I can't get out, I can't get out, I can't get out. And then in some kind of weird, like, human centipede-esque freak accident, they just get conjoined. Like, the guy can't free himself, but he can still kind of, like, move his arms around. Tusk. The catfish <laughs> survives simply by eating this guy's shit. <laughs> and you, my friends, have the very first case of the chestnut mountain mermaid. Wait, for real? <laughs> No, but what? Oh, if? okay. I was like, did you? Is that fucking for real? Like, what the fuck? I, I thought you were we, making. Uh, some... I, I think we just found our first working script for a, a shitty B movie presented by Pixelated Paranormal. Yeah, the chest. <laughs> Which I don't know. The moonshine mountain good, merman. <laughs> that's a good segue into into um, before you get into the next cryptid. Uh, it's funny yep. you say that. There is a collective group of people. Um. I know he listens to our show, 13 Nightmares, but I don't know if he listens to this show. I would assume he does. But uh, our friend Kevin, he recently uh-huh. um, got a video camera, a really nice video camera, and he's taking the next step into his dream of becoming a filmmaker. So he's going to be um, making some um, horror shorts, and uh-huh. he's wanting to get a group of people together to all collaborate on stuff. So I've been in the talks with him about oh. doing stuff for – uh, with all with us two and then Brady as well for uh, either horror or paranormal, et cetera, for to do like shorts to where if we get good enough, we could <laughs> present that at like festivals and shit. That'd be cool. That'd be rad, man. Yeah. Shit, Mountain Merman it is. Right, right. That's all I was thinking. <laughs> Moonshine I was like, Mountain Merman. He's, Here we come. Yeah, we were, me and him were talking and it was like, uh, think of like, think of ideas for like a plot and then, and then work with people to flesh it out. And then I was like, ah, I don't know, I'm just not creative with that shit. But then I was like, damn. You just made something yeah, really cool. I mean, catfish then, got my legs. Yeah. Because yeah. then that would be everything. If, if we could do like a, we could do a short of it. Uh, I know where we could uh-huh. film it at. We just have to get some makeup shit. Well, and you know, if, if anybody's rolling their eyes right now, I'd like to remind you, there were Hollywood movies called Tusk. That was awesome. They got made. <laughs> there was Human Centipede that got made. Mm-hmm. And there was Swiss Army Man that mm-hmm. got made, which I loved Swiss Army Me Man. Me too. That movie's great. So. Anymore, I can't shake my head at anything. <laughs> Conceptually, <Yeah>. it could happen. <laughs> All right. Well, back to the monsters, folks. Yeah, don't steal our fucking Next idea step- either. <laughs> yeah, back off, guys. Yeah, it's, got it's a gold mine. <laughs> <clears throat> What's so up, Troma have... movies? Here we come. <laughs> Gross. Next, we have the Coal Hollow Road Monster. On the sunny afternoon of May 25th, 1972. Holy crap, that was... We're on the anniversary, folks. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Today is the 26th. Man alive. Synchronicity, man. On the sunny afternoon of May 25th, 1972, a family was picnicking next to the Fond du Lac Park in East Peoria, Illinois, when they noticed the most peculiar thing. While the family was chit-chatting, eating their meal, they noticed a bizarre cluster of what, of what they thought was lights sinking down behind the tree line, shortly after, followed by a trail of dense smoke. Baba? Papa? What, what's that there in the trees? <laughs> Stupefied by what they just saw, the family then reported that the trees began to shake and quiver, and the overpowering smell of sulfur filled the, the park demon. air. Right. That night, more than 200 calls were made to the East Peoria Police Department reporting a strange, shaggy, white, ape-like creature that was leaving three-toed footprints and giving off the strong smell of rotten eggs. The creature was first spotted on Coal Hollow Road and became then known as the Coal Hollow Road Monster, or the Cahomo for short. (laughs) Not quite PC anymore, folks. But again, that was 1972. Sightings of the monster lasted through July of that year. The creature itself was first reported by Randall Emert, who described the beast. Uh, listen here. This, uh, this big burly-looking bastard, uh, this monster was covered in uh, white hair. and Well, he was at least damn near 12 feet tall, I tell you. Emert told his friends and their other friends Emert. about this the next night. Emert? What? Emert? Emert? <laughs> I'm pretty sure The it's next Emert. night after the sighting. But Emert, would that make more sense? Emert? I don't know. Emert? <laughs> Emert? 
Okay, fine. <laughs> Script change. Steve says his guy's name is Emmert. <laughs> <laughs> the next night, Emmert told his friends about what he had saw, thinking they had just been pulling a prank on him. However, others in the town were also claiming they had seen the creature as well. While his friends did not believe him, Emmert, <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Robert said that he stuck to their story and swore they hadn't been trying to fool him. Eventually, Emmert called the local radio station to say he saw a big hairy monster on Coal Hollow Road. This led to more and more people wanting to look for the creature. Several people believe the monster was able to get around through old abandoned coal mines, which I think is a pretty badass little... Uh, you know, fact. A little. Right. Oh, kind of like that uh, Jason. Oh, yeah, yeah the remake of yeah, Jason. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, awesome. So, so, my friend, he had a friend that lived on Coal Hollow Road at the top of the hill. And, like, he had car problems all the time, right? So, one night when he got off work, well, he, he decided he'd just walk up Coal Hollow Road. It's a creepy-ass road, man, I'm telling you. He claims he saw something white and hairy. Standing there and staring at him. Something big and scary. It was like over 10 feet tall or something. I don't know. You should ask him. He's down there at the pizza rally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. To this day, there are still reports of a giant hairy monstrosity that lurks around the old Coal Hollow Road. All right. We are moving on to the uh, Tuttle Bottom Monster. Okay. The Tuttle Power Okay, what I don't monster. understand about these cryptids... Why do all of them have like semi like shit names that could be like resembled anything with feces? <laughs> the total <bottom. laughs> the total bottom, the muddy monster. I think you got to look at things as the time they were cited because I mean, it, in 2020, we have so many you know creative names for shit because well, wow, speaking of total the bottom ass. monsters. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have so many creative names for things, but back then, I mean, you didn't have a whole lot. You didn't have the internet. You barely had fucking newspapers circulating around outside of your local city. So, I mean, we're going to have weird things that are named after the places they were seen. Mm -hmm. Simple descriptory terms that basically, I don't know, made them sound like what they were. The the muddy monster of Murfreesboro, stuff like that. Yeah. Quick, I got to get to the crapper. I've got the total bottom monster poking out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so August 6, 1963, in Harrisburg, Illinois, the Saline County Sheriff, Mr. James L. Thompson, was working his normal shift. Shuffling papers and monitoring the phones, when around 11 p.m., he received a call about some su suspicious teens gathered together at a local spot called Tuttlebottom. Gross. I wonder what those <laughs> teens are doing there. So, the sheriff jumped in his patrol car to cruise out and see what the commotion was all about. And he said he ran across a young man at Tuttlebottom who was armed with a rifle. The young teen told Thompson that there was a monster loose in the bottoms and that it was eight feet tall with big broad shoulders and had a nose like an anteater. The young man put his rifle in his car and led Thompson to the rest of the guys uh, he was that he was meeting with. A group of about a dozen boys armed with shotguns and other weapons all looking for the monster in the bottoms. It's kind of like a weird Stephen King it type thing. Like, yeah. you know, they're in the Barrens, but we call it the bottoms right. in Illinois. <laughs> when asked what they were attending to do, the teens explained that many of them had spotted a strange creature while parked in their cars in the local young people's hotspot or lover's lane area. One young man had this to say. My girlfriend Becky and I were sitting in the car uh, listening to the radio when Becky saw something that made her scream. Oh my god, look at that. What is it? And, uh, Sheriff, I ain't kidding. This, uh, this thing was crawling around on all fours, and then when I heard my girlfriend scream, it looked up, and it was like eight feet long, but like a gorilla, standing on its hind legs, and it had a face with this weird little tube like a fuzzy mosquito. Well, it jumped up when Becky screamed, and it stood in front of us and just kind of stared at us, and these tiny bee-like eyes, and then after a couple minutes, it kind of just turned around and walked away into the weeds or the tall grass. Well, after all that bullshit, the sheriff took their report and then sent them all home. Better to search for the monster by himself and not have a bunch of horny teenagers 
running around behind them with their guns. The sheriff never found much of anything out of the ordinary, but all the rest of that summer, the police department would receive more than 50 reports of an eight-foot-tall monster stalking the Tuttle Bottoms, rocking the cars of young lovers, and occasionally jumping out at those who ventured out of their cars. That ain't the only thing rocking the old cars at Lovers yeah. Lane. Yeah. The Cadillacs are rocking, don't come and knock Unless you're the Tuttle <laughs> right. Bottoms monster. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. there to lend a hand. I think all the young boys down at Tuttle Bottoms were looking for the uh, the old monster in the bottom, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, well, I found another uh, interesting eyewitness account of the Tuttle Bottom monster. In Edwardsville, on Highway 57 at South University Drive, the observer says... I wanted to talk about this for years to give this report about what happened to me. I went and reported it, and I went and reported it when it happened to the local police, but they didn't make an official report because of the circumstances. This happened back in 1978. I was a teletype operator in the United States Air Force. I was a crypto guy. We monitored Russian and Chinese telegraphs. In 1978, I had just come out of tech school and went back home to Southern Illinois, where I was raised. The reason I found you was through some other guy's website who had something to do with the Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville. I grew up in East St. Louis, which is four miles south of Monk's Mound. When I went home on leave in 1978 in the fall, I had a top secret clearance. In fact, I went one above top secret my last year of service overseas, so I was very leery of saying anything. I was just on my way up to visit a friend one morning on home leave and I had my dad's car while he's at work. I'm driving up to the campus, up on University Drive, and there's this little old church, St. Paul's United Church of Christ, right there on the frontage road, right before you head up into the bluffs, into the university proper. I had driven down there for some reason, just to see what was down there. I had never driven down there before. It was kind of foggy in the morning, kind of misty and rainy, and there's nothing behind this old church other than a bunch of old hay fields. There were a bunch of hay rings where the guy had just drugged through and done a hay thing. I'm driving down the road. I was going to turn around in the grass behind the church, and I see this bear way down the dirt road, and it's bent over, splashing water in a puddle in the middle of the road. As I pull down closer to this thing, it's not a bear. It's just huge. I bring my car within about 10 yards of it and then veer off into the field and get out with my door between me and this thing. And it stands up, and it's like eight or nine feet tall. It looked like some kind of black humanoid. I grew up in southern Illinois, and I'm a hunter. My dad is a hunter as well. I had a goose gun in the trunk, so I get out the gun. Something in my head clicked, and I'm thinking, of course. There were all these stories about these things up by Alton, Illinois. I'd never really heard anything about my area, but something in my head clicked. I remember hearing about Bigfoot in California, and I thought... This is one of those Bigfoots, and I'm going to wound this thing. And Barnum and Bailey, <laughs> here I come. TMZ. I shot off with this goose gun to the left of this thing, and it didn't move. And then I shot off to the right of it, and it didn't move again. Something in my head said, you can't hurt this thing. And if you try to hurt it, it's only going to hurt you. <laughs> and with that, it shrugged what it looked like being its shoulders at me. And then it binged off into the woods that are just north of the road. With each one of its leaps, bounds, jumps, whatever, it made about 15 to 20 feet at a time. And then it was gone. Well, I completely freaked out. I went to the local gas station and washed my face off. And then I drove right into Edwardsville and straight to the Madison County Sheriff's Office. And there was this old time deputy. And he looked up at me and I told him the whole thing. And he said... You know, I would think you were crazier on drugs if it weren't for the fact that I've heard the same story in the last couple weeks, and three of them were from good friends of mine who were out hunting when they saw the same thing you did. If I was you, knowing the kind of job you got and you're getting ready to do, I wouldn't tell anybody about this thing for a long time, and you'd be a whole lot better off. And that was probably the most sound advice I ever got, because if I had told somebody about this, they would have jerked my clearance and messed me around in the Air Force. 
And so that was from a website full of different cryptid encounters in Illinois. And I found that one to be pretty interesting. The fact that, you know, you got this guy with high clearance and, uh, you know, he wanted to turn this thing in and it took an old time deputy in the sheriff's department to let him know that's kind of a bad idea, dum-dum. I wonder if we have any listeners that have lived in Illinois or know anybody that has lived there or whatever and they know of any, like, folklore or anything like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, I might check with Rookie and see if he knows anything. Um, I checked with Mark, and Mark said that he has zero information because he simply just doesn't really yeah. about this kind of stuff. So, But there you have it, folks. A few loose ends nicely, neatly wrapped up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Hold the fucking phone. Because we promised the listeners part two of our sexy, oh. you know, cryptid encounters seduced by Bigfoot, <laughs> oh. ravaged by Yetis. So uh, I think that's how we should, uh, you know, finish up the episode, tie up some more loose ends with some (laughs) sexy sex sex. Okay. Basically, this is when you can turn (laughs) the podcast off. We thank you for listening. (laughs) I don't know. I think we had a lot of listeners last time. I know. uh, They like it, but it's very... I guess it it puts us uh, um, out of our comfort zone because it's very awkward like oh reading this buddy and, yeah and this the last episode was like skinamax level yeah. and tonight i'm gonna take it to the triple x yeah. creature I, feature and like i told them in the text earlier today <laughs> I, when he writes this i don't read ahead i just read my lines so it it gets really fucking awkward <laughs> so yeah i didn't read ahead on this uh the second half either so yeah how, how about this? Before we take things to Yeti Pound Town, let's go ahead and do our plugs, wrap up, and then if people want to hear the second half, uh, we'll come back after the outro. That way you have time to maybe put <laughs> yeah. on your earbuds or maybe turn off the office computer. <laughs> Not listen to it with your children in the car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe pull over and, you know, yeah. let them out at Grandma's house. Word it. Sweet. You can check us out on Instagram, PXL, Paranormal. Check us out on Facebook, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Oh, yeah. And a shout out to all of our new followers. I mean, I'm just seeing just people left yeah. and right following. Awesome. We really appreciate that, guys. Thank it you. It always for helps me support. share the posts and like the like the things and hashtag and all that social media shit. Um, and also check out our podcast, 13 Nightmares. We are recording an episode tomorrow, finally. It's going to be fun. And yes, back we're excited to do that for y'all. Oh, yeah. And check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Pixelated Sausage with Mark. Check out his Attack the Backlog video series of all the old games he plays that are piling up in the old backlog. And then check out his brand new show, An Amazingly Baka, where he and a buddy of his get together and talk about everything they love about the animes they're currently watching. Um, Speaking of watching stuff, real quick, anybody got any shows or movies they want to plug? Oh yeah, cool, Steve. What are you watching? Um, so movie came out a while back. Uh, everybody knows Adam Sandler for his comedy, whether you like his comedy or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that he's a solid dude. I like it. I've always I've always enjoyed his silly fart joke type humor. Uh, family, mm-hmm. you know, family fun humor. Uh, he finally took a chance on another serious role, and that movie is Uncut Gems. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. Go into it blind. Don't, you know, you might have seen trailers and be like, what is this about? But like, um, I watched another movie this past year in theaters called 1917 and two completely different movies. Yes. But the way they're shot is like a one, um, a one continuous shot. It felt like, and it makes it that much more tense. Mix that with an amazing sound. Sean, you are going to love this soundtrack. Is it a war movie? No, no, no. This movie's not a war movie at all. I'm just saying. Like, 1917? No, Uncut Gems. I'm comparing oh. the two of the two continuous shot oh, movies. Oh, okay, you know okay. I'm saying? okay. Gotcha. That's what it felt like to me. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Uncut I'll Gems isn't like that, but that's what it felt like because of it's so intense and it just goes, 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 goes. Okay. And it's like, Hell oh my yeah. God. But uh, it's a phenomenal movie and he he killed it. Killed it. It's one of the A24 movies. Uh, it's 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 phenomenal. Watch it. I don't want to give anything away. Just it it's great, and I'm glad it's on Netflix so it can reach the masses because it needs to be seen. 
Shit, yeah. Yeah, weren't you saying that they uh, originally it was going to be a Netflix film, but they went ahead and put it out to uh, mass release I'm, to theaters for uh, award time? That's what I've heard, but okay. I'm not 100% positive. Yeah. But Either way, I, I don't mean, know. it's cool. Because I know that it got to Amazon Prime video before that, but um, I don't know, man. That movie is great. I like. <laughs> I can't speak enough about it, so definitely go check it out. Oh, yeah. It's always fun to watch, you know, comedic actors do roles that you don't normally see them do. You know, I mean, I always go back to Robin Williams in One Hour Photo, one of my favorite mm-hmm. films of all time. It was great. Uh, Kevin James has a new movie coming out where he uh, oh, yeah. tortures a family as a neo-Nazi sympathizer. And this girl has to kind of defend and save her whole family. Yeah, it looks nuts. I love shit like that, man. Oh, yeah. I love when you take a... Yeah, you take an uh, uh, an actor, or an artist that you th- think this is the box they're in, and they completely break it. And when mm-hmm. they do, it's like phenomenal. Yep, I would love to see Jason Bateman play a straight role of like a serial killer or something like that. Yeah. Well, I just uh, I watched. Oh gosh, what's his name? Why do I always forget his name? Samwise Gamgee. Sean Austin. No, okay, the other guy. Uh, Frodo Baggins. Yeah, Frodo. <laughs> Elijah Wood. Do you like how I say the other guy? I yeah, really don't guy. care oh, about yeah. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the other curly headed fuck. Yeah. I watched uh, <laughs> The Other Good Son. I watched Elijah Wood's Come to Daddy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I watched Elijah Wood's Come to Daddy. Uh, it's streaming free on Prime if you have a Prime account. And that was just a fun little indie. Uh, it's billed as a horror. It's not really a monster flick, but uh, it's a fun film to check out. And then also, um, I finally finally made the time on Mark's recommendation and watched the Criterion Classic 1970s Japanese horror film Hasu, or House. And if that wasn't just the funnest what-the-hell's-going-on roller coaster ride uh, I've ever seen, I don't know what it is. If you want just a quick kind of comparison, just imagine a Japanese take on the story of Evil Dead, although this movie came out before Evil Dead. That's kind of the tone you got there. Damn, that sounds awesome. It yeah. sounds like your wife would absolutely love that movie. Uh, she watched about the first 20 minutes and said, I can't take this shit anymore. I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, all right, bye. <laughs> I was like, it's just getting good. <laughs> so, hell yeah. And then uh, what we do in the shadow season two is out. I'm halfway through it. And it's just, I mean, if season one made you giggle, season two will just make you guffaw. And it's they announced so they got approved for a third season. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's such a good. Good season, good show. So yeah, I'm waiting for the whole season two to be done, and then I'll then you'll check it out. Yeah, I thought it was already out, so I'm kind of like trying to pace myself. Presto, you got anything you're watching, man? Nah, cool. I did. I I I never watch shows week to week. I'm not that type of person. Mm -hmm. I did it with Dave. Yeah, I really liked. I really liked that show, and that was hard enough. So I don't want to do that with another funny show. That's true. That's a good. Point. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out uh, Little Dicky's show, David Bird's show, Dave, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's fucking great, man. First season's done now, but it's great. Right. Presto, what do you got, man? Take us home. And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow the best goddamn noodle and beard that will land you the sexiest mountain merman in your life, check out <laughs> BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order and get yourself some lush scents such as Dundee Cedar, Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Citrus, and fresh and i'm not done because i'm gonna plug local and i'm gonna plug cuts by colin that's mm-hmm. right our good buddy colin is busy cutting and fluffing this week and he's only got a few spots left so if you need to get rid of your rona hair go to www.cutsbycolin.com and schedule your appointment today and ask for the razzle dazzle yeah please and, do. and can i may i ask what the fuck is fluffing you know, if you, you don't know, you probably can't afford yeah. it. <laughs> if I can't yeah. afford it. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> if you don't know, your body's not ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've never had your hair fluff, Steve? He ain't living yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, can I get the razzle-dazzle or the fluff? Yeah. yeah. The how much fluff. money you got? Well, it depends. How much is it? You can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And also locally, check out our friends down at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. Stop in and say hi to our good, good friend Leslie and the rest of the gang down there. Check out our friends down at Fast Print at Harry and Rock. And then if you're feeling especially dirty, check out online gunslingersoap.com. That it? Yeah. Yep. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, for those of you cutting out now who don't want to uh, 
Check out what we have in store for you after the credits. <laughs> Cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And remember, stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. And watch out for the ASS. <laughs> and practice safe sex. That's true. Yes. Bigfoot's dirty. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Okay, guys, it's time that I seriously drop a very stern NSFW warning before things get started. You do not want to listen to this over a loudspeaker at work or anywhere near any children. So please heed that advice and enjoy what we have in store for you. When we last left off, Betty had given the beast her strawberry pie. And that's an actual pie, you pervert. And the creature decided to make her his life mate. He approached Betty, his female human slave, and presented his member, which was growing steadily in length and in girth. While his breath grew heavy, unsure of her fate, she studied his movements as he to- towered closer. At that moment, her jaw fell, mouth agape, as she noticed what was hanging there between his legs and growing. She couldn't take her eyes off of it. She couldn't close her mouth because she was so shocked and awe of its size. My lord, I do declare. I declare I'm uncomfortable already. Yeah, <laughs> this is fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> the gargantuan member swayed in front of her face. It was longer than her forearm and thicker than a soda can. What? <laughs> Bigfoot was pleased at her reaction and stood proudly as it grew longer and thicker and longer and thicker and started to rise toward her. It seemed to be reaching out for her like a little baby arm holding an apple. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did it really write that in the book? No. I Uh, I wish you did. Okay. I was like, oh my God, because I've heard that shit so many times we'd laugh our ass off. Like, if this chick really wrote this shit in that book and got it published... Now, what's weird Amazing. here to me, I always think of a baby's arm holding an apple being a very uncomfortable shape for someone to try to handle. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't like make any sense. A drumstick around. Yeah. 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 And, th- and to be fair, I was thinking about this earlier when we said we were going to do this next this episode, that like we've talked about Bigfoot's dick so many times, and now Preston is finally describing in detail <laughs> That thick soda can. Yes. <laughs> that red rocket. Gross. So mm. fucking nasty. All right. Continue with the smut. She calculated it to be about the length of her arm. And now, the thickness. She couldn't comprehend it. The biggest. Well, it's the only penis she's seen other than her husband's, which, to be fair, was only six inches. Listen, guys, don't knock what the good Lord gave you. But this one-eyed monster stared at her expectantly. Her mouth still agape, she looked up into his eyes as if to plead with him. It wasn't the sinful act of cheating that worried her. In fact, it never even entered her mind. It was that she couldn't fathom the massive limb entering her tiny human body. He towered over her, his hairy, muscular chest heaved with each breast as he glared down at her, his mouth salvitating, and an enormous hairy foot with thick yellow nails and tufts of hair on each toe stomped on the left side of her and then on the right. The one-eyed monster waved in the air and hung down in front of her nose. With her arms (laughs) tied tightly to her sides, she knew she was in no position to refuse. It lingered there, staring at her. The monster's long, hairy sh** was filling with the as its veins protruded, pulsating. She could feel its warmth radiating from the bulbous 
<laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm sitting here looking at my ceiling with my arms crossed. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, oh my god, it's so awkward. I'm like looking at my monitor that's not on. <laughs> like, All right, and get ready, folks, funny, for my, my my voice acting debut. <clears throat> Betty was startled by. Wait, wait, song. wait. That's it. <laughs> okay, okay. <clears throat> hold on, hold on. I thought you were gonna be like fucking uh, uh, Nick Frost and Shaun the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> you're okay, like let's try uh, that's your debut <laughs> <laughs> Betty was sorrowed by the sudden grunt for she was quite mesmerized by what stared back at her there's nothing small about Bigfoot is there I thought to myself maybe he has a sense of humor I'm talking about his penis <laughs> the behemoth of a sexual organ extended out from its and presented its large <laughs> Oh my god! This is so bad! <laughs> that fucking line is terrible! <laughs> it's so detailed! I got a feeling we're in for a doozy. <laughs> even my cat, my, my cat can't even hear what you're saying, and he's over here meowing. He knows this is bad. <laughs> oh, shit's me again, shit. <laughs> <All right. clears throat> well, what does he expect me to do with this thing? It would be like trying to suck I'm sorry. This better be worth not being eaten alive. Unless you're eating something else, sugar. <laughs> she lent her heads toward him and brushed her soft cheek against his massive mouth. She felt the weight of it knock against her head as it bounced upwards in response to her touch. She had excited it. She looked up at the huge and into his eyes, he glared at her and... Uh? Uh? <laughs> she received a good whack from the side. <laughs> what? <laughs> Preston, this is the best and worst five bucks you've ever spent. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, let's try that again. She received a <laughs> to the side of her head. <laughs> you Ordering. can't say it without me laughing. It's impossible. It's just, it's like the opposite of bestiality. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like... Why are you hitting her with your Bigfoot dick? Like, why? Ordering her to continue, she stretched out her neck as far as she could and caressed Oh my god, this is funny. She gave it a soft lick like she would to a melting scoop of her favorite ice cream, probably vanilla, maybe even chocolate, I don't know. But Betty it was unlike her husband, which was the man's beast. <laughs> the man's. Honey, seawater, and wildflowers. It was very surprising and welcoming. Taste from a, an unexpected creature. She licked her favorite ice cream again and again and again and caressed. Oh, God. <laughs> this is fucking so tough, dude. This is fucked up. I'm going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Betty studied the glance and she began to oh large circles. What does this guy's member look like? <laughs> this is no good. I I won't be able to. But little did Betty know, Bigfoot did not have a harem of women pleasing him, nor did he. Hey. Why don't you untie me, that brute? Moments later, Bigfoot reappeared, dangling a dead deer behind him. They had dinner, and Betty was starting to see the softer side of old Bigfoot. And now I wrote in that the next part gets worse, and so it's up to you guys. Like we can keep uh, going. No, it's it's so bad, dude. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm like, it's so awkward, and I'm like, oh. I, I don't know. It's almost I mean, be worth maybe just not putting this in the episode. <laughs> no, we gotta put it. We gotta put it in the episode, but like, just call it there because like it was okay until like I mean. Yeah, I'd I'd say you know what, folks, uh, we we're gonna call it right here. I bet every like there's one person listening to this. Like, good call, Preston. <laughs> I think we're gonna check out because there's like at least another 15 minutes, and uh, you know, like Bigfoot and Yeti uh, get into a fight. <laughs> Wait, a Yeti shows up? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Gotta give the author creativity yeah. and description. You know, I think she's depraved. You gotta think about uh, like uh, what's the uh, what's that other radio uh, serious? So like some of the stuff that uh, what's his nuts put on there um, because Howard. it's not FCC regulated. Like it, you can say whatever. Yeah, you yeah. He's yeah. got a lot more money than we do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything was fine until the actual description. I mean, the last fifteen minutes is going to be beep. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> Okay, and there you have it, folks, a very edited-down version of Ravaged by the Bigfoot, blah, blah, something about a Yeti. So we learned our lesson. Uh, there's a lot more to that recording that nobody will ever hear because it even made Preston and I and Stephen all blush. So you know what? We learned our lesson. We won't uh, attempt to record anything like that uh, probably ever again on the show. So look forward to more... <laughs> toned down versions of stories that have to do with uh, paranormal sexual encounters so there we go guys um if you stuck around this long good for you we hope you enjoyed that we tried to make it as fun as possible and uh we'll catch you all next time around